you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. Good morning, City Hill. It's always a pleasure to bring God's word to you today. The message is entitled, The Love and the Grace of the Kingdom. Recently, I watched a video of an elderly woman sleeping at the side of a shop and the shopkeeper turned up and he was not happy to see her sleep in front of a shop and so he attempted to wake her up by kicking her. The elderly woman was fast asleep and so he decided to throw some water from his water bottle on her. She then woke up and started to touch his feet as a sign of respect and forgiveness. The young man was not moved to compassion or sympathy and I assume he was probably saying something rude to her. There were many passed by us but nobody intervened. Just then a young soldier came and intervened, came between the man and the woman and I assume he asked him to behave himself and speak politely to the elderly woman. He then went on to gather the woman's belongings, took her to her side, gave her some money and the woman went on her way. While we might commend the soldier for his actions and his concern for the elderly woman, one must ask what happened to love, compassion and concern in our society? Have we lost something? Should not we treat elderly women like mothers? younger women as sisters, older men as fathers, younger men as brothers or sons. Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love God and to love one another. And then again in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, I'm reminded that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and setting people free who were oppressed by the devil. Jesus saw people in need. He was moved with compassion and that same compassion moves him towards you and me. Jesus' anointing was not just about preaching and teaching. It was about changing people's lives and transforming their circumstances. The rule and the kingdom of God is about changing lives and transforming or changing circumstances. And that's what we want to look at through the powerful narrative of 2 Samuel chapter 9. To give you some background, uh, King Saul and Jonathan had just died in battle fighting the Philistines. News of the death came to the palace and the nurse took Jonathan's son, who was about five years old, and in her attempt to, to protect and take him away, the young boy fell and broke both his legs. And that's found in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. In ancient times, it was not uncommon for a victorious king to wipe out the entire family of the defeated king in order to prevent an uprising. For example, in 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 1, it, it records when Athaliah, the mother of Ehezah, saw her son was dead, 
she proceeded to destroy the entire family. But Jehozebah, the daughter of King Jerom, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash and hid him and stored him away uh, in one of the places and kept him alive uh, for six years. So Joash, young Joash, who later became king, was hidden away for six years. My text for today is from 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 to verse 11. David asked, Is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before the king. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both his feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Makir, son of Amiel in Lodibah. So King David had him brought from Lodibah, from the house of Makir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land and to bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do what my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Three points I want to share with you today. The first point is love inquires. My second point is love moves to action. And the third point is love and grace provides. So let's look at the first point, love inquires. We live in a world that says, be the number one. Take all you get. I, me, mine, and no time for you. Everybody's in a hurry, going somewhere, but nowhere at the same time. You often hear the phrase, let's catch up one day, but really never intending to meet. It all starts with a question. How many questions have inspired people to do great things? If you ask me that question, I would say Nehemiah, he achieved something great just by asking a question. In verse 1 of 2 Samuel, David asked, is there anyone in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness? 
I wonder what would have been the reply. Would they be thinking, does David want to kill off his enemies or his successors, successors to the throne? But David had something different in mind. David remembered his promise to his dear friend, Jonathan. In 1 Samuel 20, verse 14, it reads, Jonathan says, But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as you live, so that I may not be killed and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family. David remembers this promise to his dear friend, Jonathan. And in his palace, the probably counselors say, yes, there is a servant of Saul. His name is Ziba. So David summons for Ziba and David asks, are you Ziba? The, the, Ziba answered, yes, I am your servant. David asks the question this time, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? The first time he said, is there no one that I can show kindness? But now he says, is there no one still left who I can show God's kindness? What's the difference? I'm reminded of John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. It says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God because God is love. The very essence of God is love. So who should we love then? We should love all people, the hurting, the down and out, the outcast, those who really can't pay us back in return. We can do practical things for them, like ask, like ask questions, making a telephone call, or even texting people to inquire how they are, visiting people, taking a meal for them, visiting the sick, and doing many practical things for people to show that we love and we care for them. Ziba told David, he says, yes, there is a son of Jonathan, but he is crippled in both his feet. In other words, King David, what is he to you? He is crippled. He is no threat to you. Ziba had kept a secret for seven years, which leads me to my second point. Love moves to action. Where is he? The king asked. He is in the house of Makir, son of Amiel in Lodiba. Now Lodiba was an interesting place. Lodiba was a barren place east of the Jordan River with no pasture and no life. A perfect place to hide if you are running from someone. No one is going to look for you in a barren, desolate place. But David did seek him out. He sent men to bring the young man, Mephibosheth. The young boy's name was actually Marabal, which means fighter. But he himself gave that name Mephibosheth, which means shameful one. One could just imagine what he was thinking when he gave himself that name. 
Once he was a prince in a palace with much future to look forward to, but in a moment, everything was lost. His father died, his grandfather died the same day. He uh, fell down and broke both his legs as, as a result that left him crippled for the rest of his life. And he had no future, nothing to look forward. He's now in hiding, living with fear that one day perhaps somebody would find, find out who I really am and maybe the, my life would end. Seven long years have passed, but finally things are going to turn around. David, when David called him, David said something very remarkable. David said, I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your, your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. What grace. Grace gives us what we don't deserve. This narrative is about God, David's love and kindness, but it's a reflection of God's love and kindness for you and for me. Once sin had marred our life and left us crippled. Once we were in barren place, we had no hope, we had no future. Once we were separated from the king, forgotten by everyone, but not forgotten by the king. The king sent his messengers of peace one by one. As you look at back over your own life, you'll realize how many have come into your life, shared the gospel, who loved you, who cared for you, and who led you to the king. The king shows us his love, his kindness, and restores all that was lost. What's more, he invites us to sit at his table. That's what Ephesians chapter uh, 2 verse 5 says, uh, up to verse 10, it says that we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what grace does. Grace changes our destiny. Which leads me to my final point. Love and grace provides. David said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. God in his love and grace has provided for us and he calls us to provide for others in practical ways. In many of the interviews uh, with people who have joined City Hill, you ask them one question and the main theme that came through was City Hill is family. They are a loving and caring family. So within City Hill, with the leadership, with the church, we have people who care for one another. We have City Care that cares for the needs of people in practical ways. We have our city groups who care for people also and who maintain relationships with people. In closing, 
I would like to leave you with a few thoughts on 1 Corinthians. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love bears all things. We can come along someone who's carrying weight and make the load lighter. What a practical thing that is. Love believes all things. That doesn't mean believing everything that we hear. It means believing the best for another person. Love hopes all things. Hope involves waiting. Many of us have been waiting in this past season. But as we hope, we believe that things will get better and that God is with us and will work things out for our good. Love endures all things. Life has its ups and downs, twists and turns, its high and its lows. Mephibosheth, he had his fair share of trials and defeat. One of God's greatest gift to us when we go through challenges is to provide loving relationships around us to help us endure so that we could reach our destiny in God. David said to Mephibosheth, you will always eat at my table. And it says, so Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. What a picture of love and grace in the kingdom. May we model this love and grace in our homes, in our church, in our city, and in the nations beyond. God bless you. Thank you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. 